Christmas week here in Greeley, Colorado, and well, let's just say it's hard to get people to come up to Weld County in the first place. We did have one of the highest COVID infection rates in the state, and that tended to keep a few people away, but right now, I can't blame them. Hey man, it's a Christmas week. You should be with your family. You should be showering them with love, and hopefully you had some funds to get them a whole bunch of Christmas presents this year. So yes, comics and bars, throwing axes this week, very special pandemic Christmas episode. It's just me. I'm going solo. I'm solo like a first chair violinist today. As always, Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is brought to you by 477 Distilling. They're actually going to be taking a bit of a hiatus. If you're listening to this on Christmas. They're going to take a little bit of a hiatus going into the new year just to get their employees some very much needed rest. But as soon as they come back online, make sure you check out what they got. They still they brought back a peppermint schnapps bottle. They're not completely sold out of that yet, so make sure you get ready to purchase some of that, as well as their Bourbon Select Barrel. It's a bourbon crafted right here in Greeley, Colorado, one of the finest bourbons you'll ever taste. They did a little twist on it. They went ahead and aged it in a Medianoche beer barrel. And what that does is it gives it some nice flavorful stout notes in the bourbon. So if you like your bourbon whiskey, a little bit of stout in there, make sure you Get on down to 477 Distilling in the new year and get yourself a bottle of their Bourbon Select Barrel. Comics and Bars Throwing Axes is also brought to you by the Greeley Hatchet House. They are running a special right now on $25 per couple for one hour to go ahead and come in here at Reserve Lane and throw down on some axes. I tell you guys, during this pandemic, it might seem a little iffy to come out and have some fun, but one of the greatest things about this is if you reserve a lane during pandemic times at the Hatchet House, the government's only letting us do one lane rental at a time anyway, which means you'll reserve your lane and then you'll get the whole place to yourself. Get the whole place to come down here, party, throw some axes, drink some brews with your friends. Definitely get online and email booking at greeleyhatchethouse.com to make sure you reserve your lane and get down here and have some fun. Hey guys, we don't have to go to Fort Collins and jump on trampolines anymore. We can just stay in town and throw some axes and have a lot of fun. So make sure you go to booking at greeleyhatchethouse.com Reserve your lane, get on down here, and have some fun. All right. Flying solo today, so I guess I want to go ahead and start off with probably what's going to become one of my favorite parts of the show. We're going to go ahead and go along to some Greeley headlines. That's right. These headlines are brought to you by the illustrious picture and illustrious folks at the Greeley Tribune. Go ahead and check out GreeleyTribune.com. Stay in the know with your humble G-Town. Some of my favorite headlines from the week. Congress has decided to make a tax break permanent for breweries. That's right. Congress is going to go ahead and let a tax rate come in. I think it had something to do with the amount of barrels a brewery or distillery makes, and they're going to give them some tax rebates for that, and it's going to be permanent. One thing I love about America and American culture is, hey man, we're struggling. What should we do? We should make more beer. That's right. Make some more beer for the Americans. They need it. <laughs> so distilleries, all your breweries, get on it, man. You got the tax break. Now get us, get us some alcohol, will you? If only there was a place to drink it, right? <laughs> All the bars are closed. But hopefully that'll change here soon. We do have a vaccine. Hopefully March, everything gets back to normal. Another headline from Greeley. We got a Texas millionaire buying up properties all over Greeley, Colorado. I don't know if we should be concerned about this or not, but props to this homeboy because he's doing, he's doing it right. Man, the guy spent $20 million as a part of Blue Oak Properties, and they've spent $20 million on residential properties 
all around UNC. I don't blame the guy, man. That's a, if, if, if properties are going down in Greeley, you should snatch those up because they will be worth something and they will be worth something soon. All right. Walmart's in the news. The Colorado attorney decided to go ahead and jump on the bandwagon. Walmart is being accused of adding to the opioid crisis by having shady pharmacists give away shady prescriptions during that whole Oxycontin phase that America went through. So yeah, one of these, one of the pharmacists was actually out of Colorado Springs and this pharmacist was writing prescriptions for 600 pills of Oxycontin to be used in 30 days. 600 pills, 30 days. Are you kidding me, man? That's 20 pills a day. Who do you know that needs 20 pills of Oxycontin a day? Yeah, so whether or not you believe, whether whatever side of the bandwagon you're on with this, Colorado has finally decided to go ahead and jump on that and give some of these shady pharmacists their what do. I mean, don't get me wrong, they are Walmart pharmacists, so who knows what the qualifications are for that. But damn, 600 Oxycontin pills in one prescription. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you know, if you're into that, you better make your way down to Colorado Springs. All right, those are our daily headlines for this very special Christmas edition of Comics and Bodge. How is everybody out there? I hope you guys are having a good time. I hope you guys are staying warm and dry and lots of Christmassy vibes coming through you. You know, there's always a Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is you're into. I hope that you are warm, you are safe, and that Santa was very, 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 very good to you this year. All right, comics and bars, throwing axes. I originally started this podcast to kind of help other comics with kind of learning the craft. I just want to share what I've learned throughout the years, which has been a, a couple right now, and, but I've done a lot of research into the craft of comedy, and there are a few things that I think every comic should be aware of, if not memorize, if you want to be considered one of the greatest uh, in the business. And those are joke structures and the elements of a joke that'll actually make it, make it funny. Okay, so these joke structures, there's actually 13 of them. And if you need more info on this, go ahead and Google up 13 Joke Structures, Jerry Corley. Jerry Corley is one of the guys that teaches comedy. He does master classes. He has a lot of free information out there. So if you're a young comic wanting to learn a little bit more about the craft and how to write jokes and things of that nature, make sure you check out Jerry Corley and all the classes that he offers online. Jerry Corley actually went out and studied George Carlin. George Carlin's career, he studied all of his jokes. He studied his transitions. He studied the elements that make a George Carlin joke funny. And he went in and shared that with the public. I want to share them with you right now. So I want to talk about the 13 joke structures right away. We might discuss some of these with other comics that come through. I know I'm guilty of using a couple of these almost exclusively in my sets. I, um, but the dream is to have like a set that has every, every joke structure in it. That's kind of my own little nerdy dream, is to have a, a comedy set that has, you know, every one of these joke structures defined, and if somebody were to look at that, they'd say, oh wow, he actually caught all the two. So that's a goal. Let's go ahead and go over these. I'll just read them off real quick and what I know of them, and then hopefully in the future we'll get some comics to kind of give their own side, their own point of view on these. Okay, 13 joke structures by Jerry Corley. First one is double entendre. Just look them up. There's some of these I won't be able to give you a definition on. He, does, he, he, he defines these a lot better, so make sure you Google these. The second one was reverses, kind of flipping a joke on itself to make it funny. This is one that I use a lot and I see a lot of young comics using a lot because it's very simple, very easy. One of the easiest joke structures uh, to learn, one of the hardest to master. It's the rule of three, they call it triples. And so basically what you do here 
is you'll have your setup and then your punchline will have almost a list of three things and depending on where you want to go with that joke it'll it defines you know kind of how you finish writing this out now you can do you know a b and c is like a 45 degree turn from the rest of the subject or c can just be a funnier part of the three so i wish i had an example for you right now on the rule of three jokes but just know that it's you know set up punchline a b c and c either you know takes a, a skew from it or it actually helps support the other two incongruity is another joke structure that I use a lot of and that Seinfeld actually became a master of. And that's when you take two dissimilar ideas and kind of fuse them into one. So if you take it, a lot of observational humor on that, where you take one thing and think of the other subject and kind of bring them all together in a funny way. Simple truth is a joke structure. Basically, honesty is huge in comedy. The more honest you can be with yourself, the more honest you can be about your subjects, I think it's the funnier it gets, because that's really all, that's what we're looking for as comics. We're looking for the truth in all these situations. So simple truth is a joke structure where it's basically just a joke that tells the simple truth about life that nobody is willing to say right now, and it's funny, and you make it funny, so. All right, superiority is a joke structure that is basically, you want to make the punchline, you want to make your audience feel like the subject is less than you. So whatever your subject is, your joke is going to give the audience kind of a sense of superiority over that subject. Paired phrases is kind of along the same lines of incongruity, where uh, you basically just take one phrase, one commonly known phrase, another commonly known phrase, kind of fuse them together and make it funny. That could be anything from like old timey sayings, old jokes like so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, walk into a bar, you, know, you can take those and put them together. Slapstick joke structure is one that was very popular way back in like the days of Lucille Ball, Three Stooges. It's basically physical comedy. So slapstick is just, you know, somebody does something like taking a rack in the nuts or slipping and falling on a banana peel. For whatever reason, those are classic jokes that are always going to be funny. And that's what slapstick humor is. Observation recognition is a joke structure where, you know, it's something that a lot of comics do and probably should be really good at doing anyway. It's just observational humor. You observe something that's happening, you recognize it, you put it out there in a funny way. So we got four more to go. There's a compare and contrast joke structure where you obviously compare two subjects, contrast them, make it funny. There's comedic irony. Something's ironic in a funny way. It's an actual joke structure. Benign retaliation is Jerry Corley is one of his favorites. And that's when you basically prank somebody in revenge. And it's kind of a harmless prank, like no harm done but you get your point across, and it was funny, benign retaliation. And then there's always a paradox, joke structure, the more paradoxes you can identify and make funny, the better off you will be. Now this is a challenge to get all 13 of these joke structures in one set, I will admit, but I hope that you guys will definitely take the time to Google these up, get a better understanding of them. I know my explanation was a little jank. Get a better understanding of these joke structures and write them out in your sets. And then you'll, you'll, the other thing you'll notice is you'll be looking at other great comedians doing their sets and you'll be able to identify them like that. Just, oh, that was incongruity. Oh, that was rule of three. Oh, this guy seems to use rule of three a lot, you know, and you'll, you'll notice these things. You'll see how other great comedians write them out. Hopefully you'll be able to emulate some of that in your own writing style. Again, 13 joke structures. Google that. 13 joke structures by Jerry Corley. If you're a comedian that wants to just improve your writing or you're a young comic that wants to know 
hey, wha what's a joke? What's the structure of a joke? Are there any structures of jokes that I can emulate? Yes, definitely check out the 13 Joke Structures by Jerry Corley. Moving along. Sorry, I know that was a really quick explanation. Like I said, Google that stuff. It's better to see. He has like a nice little PDF on it that you can find online, and he'll explain it in greater detail. Now, the one thing that I do think every comic should know by heart, just memorize these, is the elements of laughs. Now, the reason, let me explain these a little bit. Jerry Corley, what he did is he went ahead and he studied George Carlin. His life, he studied his jokes, he studied his timing, he studied his presence. Basically, studying everything you could, comedy-wise, of George Carlin. And what he did when he was studying these jokes was he found out that there were nine elements to a joke that will guarantee whether or not you get a laugh off of it, okay? One thing you should probably know about comics in general is we, we think of funny things, we might write it out, we might memorize some funny stuff, but we don't know if it's funny until an audience member laughs at it. So that's why open mics are so important. It's because we get up there, we check out some jokes, we get a read on them, does the audience laugh, does the audience not laugh? If the audience laughs, we probably keep it, we do it again in another audience, and if they keep laughing at it, we'll keep it without working on it. If an audience member, for whatever reason, does not laugh at your joke and you think that it's funny, it's probably a good time to rewrite that joke and incorporate some of these elements of laughter into it. Again, these are elements of laughter by Jerry Corley. And these are all, these all came off of Carlin's jokes and basically what, what it was about those jokes that made people laugh. So, a little bit of a disclaimer here, there's nine elements of laughter. The more of these elements you can put in your jokes determines the success rate, and success rate being laughter here. So it determines whether or not you get laughter on this joke and whether or not that joke was a success, air quotes, from that laughter. So, uh, elements of laughter. If your joke has an element of surprise to it, it should make it funnier. So if your audience just didn't see something coming, should be that, that should bring some laughter in and of itself. If your joke has an element of superiority to it, and I know that's kind of a, an idea that's been kind of going away, superiority tends to punch down on subjects, uh, and we're trying to get away from that, we're trying to be more positive as comedians. If you really want an insult comic, you'll go see an insult comic, but for the most part, uh, we're trying to be positive, especially during a pandemic time. But if your joke has an element of superiority, if you can make your subject a little bit more superior than the other subject in the joke, chances are you'll be a laugh drop. If your joke has an element of embarrassment to it, now these jokes, if it has an element of embarrassment to it, tends to get a laugh more often than not because people find it relatable. You know, embarrassing situations tend to be relatable for people, and the more relatable your embarrassing situation can be to another person, the more laughter you're going to get from that person because they've been there and they've done that, they understand the feelings that you're going through. So if your joke has an element of embarrassment to it, it should give you some more laughs. If your joke has an element of incongruity, now I know this is, I said that before, because incongruity is not only a joke structure, but it's also an element uh, to the joke to make it funny. And again, that's just two dissimilar ideas coming into one idea. And what you'll get a lot of that is a lot of your audience members being, oh, I didn't even think of it that way. Or, oh, I never saw it that way. And if you can get those types of reactions, your joke is probably gonna be that much funnier. Okay, if your joke, has an element of recognition to it. This is huge. I don't want to say that I'm the world's greatest comedy critic, because I'm not. However, I do listen to a lot of stand-up. And what 
you tend to see more often than not with a lot of these younger comics and a lot of people that are starting off is they'll do material that is so far out there, nobody can relate to it. It could be the greatest joke in the world. It could have the funniest punchline in the world. But if nobody can relate to that joke, if nobody can kind of feel what you're feeling with that joke, uh, chances are it's not going to hit as hard as you want it to. Okay, and that's an element of recognition. People recognize elements to your story. People can kind of feel along, people can empathize with you along your journey that you're trying to take them on with these words. And if it's relatable, 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 that's probably the one thing that everybody has told me in this game so far when I ask for advice is when I'm writing my jokes, what should I make sure that joke is? Make sure it's relatable. Make sure somebody else can empathize with what you're trying to say. Make sure that you're talking about subjects that you know, 90% of the population in America is going for, or 90% of your audience is going for. This is where reading your audience can come in handy too. If you're out there and you notice that your audience is nothing but 50 and 60 year olds and you're talking about your college experience, it's probably not going to be that relatable to them. However, if you get out there and talk about, you know, your grandma and grandpa stories and how those were funny, chances are you're going to get a little bit more laughter. Why? Because it's relatable to your audience and has an element of recognition. I cannot stress this enough to comedians and new comics. Make sure your material is relatable. And how do I know if it's relatable? Go to an open mic. You know, tell those jokes out there and, and see if they work. They're not, if you're not getting laughs off them, I, I would check and see, first and foremost, who all can relate to your story. Okay, so I know I went a little bit off on recognition, but seriously, that's like one of the, one of the major, major mistakes I see with new comics is they think of material that they think is going to hit, that they think other people can relate to, and it turns out like nobody in the room knows what they're talking about. So make sure your material has an element of recognition. All right, element of release, a little bit different. We're, we're going a little bit, we're going a little bit left field here with the element of release. There are so many subjects out there that people want to laugh about, but don't know if it's okay to laugh about it. And that's especially true in cancel culture and in PC culture now, where there's tons of subjects that will probably get an instinctual laugh, but people are like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't laugh about that, okay? And I'll go with some extreme examples here, like pedophile jokes, rape jokes, domestic violence jokes, jokes of that nature. Let me disclaim that you can, you can joke about anything as long as it's funny. If the punchline is hilarious, people are going to give you a passive joke about that material. Sometimes your material is so raw and is so, you know, over the top that people will laugh just as a release, kind of like that nervous laughter. You know, talking about, oh, he's talking about something that I, he, oh, I don't know if I want to, oh, he actually went there, oh, he, you know, that kind of release of anxiety, that kind of release of energy, because you've got all this tension, your story is creating all this tension in your audience member, and they don't know where to go with it, they didn't necessarily find the joke funny, but they may have found something else in the joke when they can go, ooh, ha, 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 oh, I'm glad, he, <laughs> Okay, huh, he did that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an element of release. You're creating a bunch of tension with your subject matter. And instead of your people laughing at the punchline, they're laughing because you're giving them permission to laugh. So hopefully that makes sense. Element of release. What else? An element, element of laughter. There's, it's got to have an element of con, I don't even know what, configurational element to it. If it's it's got to be structured, man. You can't. 
Obviously, there's a reason that it's set up in punchline, right? Or if you're doing a storyteller mode that every three lines you're supposed to tell a punchline, okay? There's a reasoning for that. You can't, you, jokes have to have structure, man. You can't be, unless that's your entire act, which I'll admit would probably get tiring to me in about five minutes. But if your entire act is just being balls to the wall, out there, crazy, wacky, props to you because I can't do it. But you're probably missing some elements of configuration there. Elements of configuration is the reason comedians you know, write a set list. It's the reason their funniest joke goes last. It's the reason their second funniest goes first and their third funniest goes second. Elements of configuration is just that, making sure that you know, your story can be followed. You know what I'm saying? Like your joke has to be able to have you know, a line. We're starting here and we're taking on this journey and we're ending here with this punchline. If your journey suddenly takes you know, a wild turn, chances are that punchline isn't gonna hit as well as you probably wanted it to. So make sure your jokes are structured and it makes sense. All right, sometimes a joke can have an element of ambivalence to it. This is, yeah, where you just, <laughs> a lot of comics will do a lot of comedy where it's kind of like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, this happened and I don't care and it's funny. And there's jokes like that, it's funny, it happens. I have yet to see a lot of that in the Colorado scene Colorado comics tend to be extremely passionate about the subjects that they talk about. I have yet to see very, I don't see a lot of, you know, I don't really care, comedy anymore, I think. And I honestly think that's because it'll show laziness more than, you know, a good work ethic. If your comedy is just like, eh, funny, 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 but who cares? You know, maybe you'll come off as a little bit lazy and laziness isn't necessarily anything that is celebrated during a depression, if you know what I'm saying. All right. Elements of ambivalence, and then there's always if you want your joke to be funny, if there's an element of coincidence in there, there's a little bit of coinkydink that other audience members can relate to, chances are you'll get a laugh. So, there's nine elements of laughter there. If you add these elements to your jokes, you make sure that these elements are in your jokes, it's, it's going to make them that much funnier. A lot of the professional comics that I've researched will look at a joke and they will instantly decide if there are any elements of, of laughter in that joke. And they will decide right then and there whether how, how hard people are going to laugh at that. When George Carlin was making up his jokes, he would go through these elements and he would know with certainty, you know, this joke should get a laugh 99% of the time because I've got like, you know, five or six of these elements in it. The more of these elements of comedy and elements of laughter that you can incorporate into your writing will determine the success rate of your joke. So that's a little bit of a Christmas present from me to you. I've been researching a lot on this comedy journey and probably the two things that I felt that have been the most beneficial to me and my writing have been the 13 joke structures from Jerry Corley, learning how to write those structures out, becoming masters of those structures, and also the elements of laughter, going through my jokes, making sure that these elements exist within these jokes, and if I can add one or two more in there, it'll increase the probability of me getting a laugh on that punchline. All right, 13 Joke Structures, Elements of Laughter, all brought to you by Jerry Corley. Make sure you check him out. Google him. He has a lot of good info on there. He has a, a podcast where he talks to Joe Byers podcast, which I found extremely beneficial. Another masterclass you might want to check out is the Ralphie May masterclass. Go ahead and YouTube that. Ralphie May masterclass. Rest in peace, Ralphie May, but he had a lot of really, really good info as far as new comedians, how to navigate the craft and things of that nature. Comics and bars, throwing axes. Make sure you check out 
the episode next week. My guest is going to be Rosa Mariposa Martinez. She's a Fort Collins comedian. Very hilarious, very funny. We've been, we've been going up to Cheyenne for the past month. There haven't been any open mics available in Colorado, so what we've been doing is we've been going up to Cheyenne, yes, driving that hour, up 85, to Dillinger's Bar. And a very funny, very passionate young man by the name of Dominic Syracuse is running the scene up there. He's a comedian that went out to LA, checked out the scene, and came back and started doing really, really wonderful things with the information that he learned out in LA. So what he's gotten and done is he's created a nice little comedy scene, a nice little live music scene up in Cheyenne at Dillinger's Bar. So what we were doing was Tuesdays was comedy open mic, Thursdays was music open mic. Obviously we were going to the Tuesday one. They were live streaming it. And we were just honing material while we were up there. Obviously just doing classic jokes, uh, good times. Yeah, just a shout out to Dominic and his Cheyenne scene. Rosa Mariposa was making the trip up with us and, and just basically killing the room. She's a funny lady. She absolutely killed while she was up there. They can't wait to get her back. I can't wait to go back up there. Can't wait for the open mics to start back up in Colorado so we can start doing all the fun stuff that we want to do. So shout out to Dominic Syracuse and the Cheyenne comedy scene up there. You guys are doing good stuff. Keep up the good work. Also, updates for Fort Comedy out in Fort Collins. David Rodriguez, the godfather of Northern Colorado Comedy, is starting a comedy club out there called Fort Comedy. Starting, I've heard, a soft date open of February 12th. I hope he can stick to it, but with everything going on and all the craziness, it may or may not, you know, we might get a push forward, we might be, get a push backwards. Who knows? I've heard a date of February 12th. I hope he sticks to it and uh, we will continue doing open mics there as well as comedy showcases at Fort Comedy. Make sure you follow them on your social media, get all the updates you need to. David Rodriguez, very funny man, out of Fort Collins. Do not go sleeping on the Moxie Comedy Showcases here in Greeley, Colorado. There is so much comedy coming to Greeley for the new year and I couldn't be any happier. Tobias Livingston is still running his show at Syntax Spirits Distillery here in Greeley, Colorado. Brings very funny Colorado comedians down to that. Make sure you check out Syntax Spirits Distillery. Very, very delicious cocktails there as well. Also, Moxie Comedy Showcase. We're still plugging away with that one. We've got PJ Johnson, Samazaki coming down, as well as the Greeley Common Boys and Ben Daly for the January show. Also, Luke Gaston, Tobias Livingston are going to be bringing another comedy show the week after our Moxie Comedy Showcase. Just to show what those boys have been doing, uh, bringing the hilarity to you from Neanderthal Productions. So January, we're going to be bringing you back-to-back -back weeks of comedy. And don't forget to also check out Millennium Events Center, where they have started doing their own weekly comedy showcase. Obviously, the pandemic took that away for a little while, but I have no doubt that they will be coming back and they'll be coming strong. The Millennium Events Center, your ticket will buy you ticket to the comedy showcase as well as a ticket to the after party. They do a little show where they have a DJ, they open up a dance floor, it basically becomes a nice little nightclub after the show. So they do have comedy and an after party. All this exciting comedy stuff coming to really don't go sleeping on it. Make sure you tune in weekly with the Comics and Bars Throwing Access podcast. I'll be sure to keep you updated on all things comedy for Greeley, Colorado as well as follow Moxie Theater, follow 4770, and definitely get 
down to make really hatching out. So you gotta try it at least once. There's no better feeling than throwing an axe at a board and having it bounce back at you. Like it's just almost like a spider jumping at you. But all those that can actually throw these axes the way they were meant to be thrown, props to you. I can't wait to see one of you guys do a South Central style. Really hatching house. At reallyhatchethouse.com. Probably the saddest news that I have for you is that 477 New Sea is going to be closing down until January. Make sure you get out there in January. Check out their boxes. Once again, very special pandemic Christmas episode. Comics and bars, throwing axes. Want to throw some comedy structures at you? Want to throw some elements of comedy at you? Make sure you Google all that, get a better understanding of it. And get, get some better, get some, get some good writing out of it. Get some writing out of it. Get better at your writing, get better at your jokes. Anyway, comics and bars, throwing axes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to uh, check us out next Friday. Join Rosa Mariposa Martinez, who will be my guest. Merry Christmas and a Quantica. That's fun, man. I should have been born in Appalachia.